0: hey everyone welcome back to vampire weekday once again i'm joined by my co-host kevin and today we will be covering the song cousins off of vampire weekend's second album contra um so cousins fast-paced first single off the album sets the mood for for the album i would say um in a mexico fan favorite (laughs) yeah okay this is weird we we mentioned this a
1: couple weeks ago but this was uh this was a big hit in mexico because this was the one recorded in mexico city correct
0: uh, so it wasn't in Mexico City it was recorded um, in oh it doesn't specify where it's recorded but it was first played in Guadalajara
1: okay and I'm seeing it was on played the, like
0: two days after okay Guadalajara so I don't know where it's recorded it might be Mexico. this is
1: saying recorded in Mexico City which okay. is just kind of cool um I mean I've never been to Mexico City but people say it's a it's just an incredible world city and Apparently the band feels the same way because they they made this this one heck of a track, um,
0: yeah, definitely, there. yeah. And in the we'll get more into the music video later, but in the music video, um, Chris uh, Chris Thompson is wearing a jersey, a soccer jersey, um, a football jersey, mind me, um, from the town that it was played in
1: oh great did they where did they record the music video uh
0: that is a good question i tried to find that and couldn't find the answer but um but yeah so the the jersey he's wearing is from a local club um, that's pretty cool where they played it yeah what did you think of the track overall
1: i mean this is for some reason, this this song escaped me as I started working my way through the discography. And it's fantastic. Right. It's it's again, it's 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 a, it's a it's a stereotypical Vampire Weekend song, the kind of song that you could use to make fun of them very easily. But it sounds so good. Right. And that's kind of the point. It's kind of like that conversation we had. About those 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 girls that went to that music festival. Like I don't know what they're saying, but it sounds really good. This is one of those songs. Um, and now we're just getting into what this song actually means because I couldn't have told you before. I knew what the words were in some spots, and now I'm actually starting to look at them all together, written out. And it's like, oh, I think these guys might have gotten this again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely just viewed this song as the A Punk sequel, but then I think much more than that.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah, it definitely follows the fast-paced, frenetic energy of um, A-Punk. And, and the music
1: video was directed by the same guy, was it not?
0: Yes, it we was. We talked about
1: that,
2: yes. Yeah,
0: and that's why in the last episode we said stop motion too. It's not stop motion. It's a different technique that makes you feel like the background's kind of out of place, which we'll get into. Yeah, but, that was unique. But um, it, it's definitely in the same style as the guy previously. hmm um but yeah there's an interesting quote that me and Kevin talked about off air um, where Ezra said but the two times I can think about when some rappers came over to me and said they liked Vampire Weekend were ASAP Rocky and Post Malone and they both specifically said they liked Cousins might be like a generational thing maybe that they missed the first album that song is Uh, very reflective to me of stuff that i liked when i was 12 or 13 i love ska and surf music and kind of hot like high energy stuff so that's a pretty special song so vampire weekend ska band confirmed ska
1: band i mean we have we have what three or four songs now that i think are pretty much straight up ska i wouldn't consider this ska but i mean it's like it's kind of on the way to being ska and it's funny you say asap rocky and, and posty right yeah so I'm not familiar with ASAP's music too much, um, but Post I'm a little more familiar with. And he, he's actually a, a decent guitarist from what I can gather. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely some appreciation there. So so good for him. But um, yeah, that's kind of unique that it's, it's you're right, it's, it's and I didn't initially think of it as surfy, but Nico, the, what was the name of that song you sent me a couple of clips of last uh, night?
0: Misery Lou, but yes. famous surf rock guitarist. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely, the guitar line is very surf-rocky. And someone pointed out in a live recording on um, the David Letterman show um, of Cousins that Rostam is playing the guitar like Dick Dale did back then. Yeah, it's... it's, style For sure.
1: And that video was, I mean, just a, an incredible showcase of the band's ability. Because, um, a- I mean, obviously we, we, we talk about Ezra's vocals, um, but they kind of, I think they had the same rig going as they did for when they performed uh, Diane Young on Saturday Night Live a couple of years l- later. Uh, Ezra had his epiphone, but Ezra um, Rostam broke out his Fender, which is kind of more of a, like a surf rock style there. But to me, CT and Bayo freaking killed that. Um, oh, yeah. And I've always thought that um, the little bass thing that abeo does in the second verse is so cool um but they were killing it i mean i i never really think of i mean he's a drummer but i never like think of Tom chris thompson as like this like drummer drummer but i mean he was he was really cooking i mean these this is a great showcase of the band's abilities as musicians
0: yeah they they said at one point that this is probably the most challenging track all around for all mm-hmm. of them to play um and it shows i mean it's a Pretty hard baseline, and the drumming is just nonstop. He's going at it. <laughs> the The live performance on uh, the David Letterman show just showed them giving it all, and it's definitely the most taxing. It looks like out of any of the live performances I've seen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, diving into the song. So, what is the meaning? Who are the cousins?
2: I'm not
1: entirely sure who the cousins were, but my first take is that this is about privilege, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And I'm not really sure what the first two lines of the song give us on that front. You found a sweater on the ocean floor, they're going to find it if you didn't close the door. Did you have anything about this?
0: Yes, but those aren't the first two lines. The first two lines are A A O A E O A E O A E twice. <laughs>
1: Fair okay you're right so I guess the third and the fourth lines that can you can you speak to that a little more?
0: Yeah so um, it's definitely talking about privilege and inheritance and all those things that go along with it and so what is the first thing we associate with preppiness? A Sweaters. Yeah and so The band was routinely criticized for their preppiness and taking on of other culture sounds during the first album. And so to me, this song is kind of a satire of that criticism. Um, Kind of just saying, look, we're privileged. We have these things we got from our families but that doesn't change the music we wrote right um and so it, I, th- I think they're just saying it's kind of it's a lazy criticism of the band um absolutely
1: yeah
0: yeah it, and because I, it's it, not like they're denying that they're privileged
1: no it's it's like it's like when you you enter a 12-step program the first step is admitting you have a problem and it's like obviously we have serious cases of socioeconomic inequality in our world and in our country but yeah if you're better off I think the great starting point is to admit that you're you're in that position and you're right you take that as your first premise it's like we get it we're making music we're trying to point these things out that's a bad criticism Mm -hmm. you know like if you take us at face value sure it's all you're going to get but let's dive a little deeper
0: yeah and so I think sweater is just kind of that status that you inherit um of being able to be preppy and then they're going to find it if you didn't close the door and so I think you is the parents or grandparents if they don't cut you off they're going to find that status they're going to find that privilege interesting And so it's it's not even really a choice for the the children at that point it's just something that happens if the parents don't cut them off Mm -hmm. um and so that's that's what I took away from that line and then it goes you and the smart ones sit outside of their site in a house on a street they wouldn't park on at night so that one i was trying to figure out and i thought it kind of had to do with the same ideas from the first one in that you each generation gets better and better off and so they is the children in this case and they wouldn't park at this house because they're better than that at this point but apparently Ezra confirmed it's a reference to a line in a song three in the morning by UGK uh, featuring Big Smoke and Mitch and C note the line is chilling on streets you're you scared to park on at night
1: interesting Um, so kind of like a reflection of like we're from different beginnings, like we're hanging out in the place you don't even want to park your car.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Um, so, so I a, guess that's another, a... never, never, uh, confirmation that Vampire Weekend is very in the rap and very, very <laughs> much influences. Rap. Absolutely. Water um, so that makes
1: sense for that park on at night line. Um, what do you get from the you and the smart ones? line i guess i i I wasn't really sure where to go from go from there
0: yeah i think it's um it definitely ties into that next line but um maybe it's just you and the ones who get into these ivy league schools because you have these rich parents Mm -hmm. and privilege that's kind of what i got
1: yeah yeah um that make okay that makes sense i'll take that Um, And then kind of going off that, like, generational privilege thing, we have the next line. Dad was a risk taker. His was a shoemaker. You greatest hits dozen six, little list maker. I forget who said it, but there's this – I don't know if it was a quote or someone's concept that wealth only lasts three generations. The idea that a grandparent will amass wealth. They'll have kids, and they'll be born into wealth. But because of the situation, those kids, the grandkids, the third generation – won't be raised in the same environment as the grandfather from whom all the good stuff came, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that third generation is ill-equipped to even maintain that status. So I guess that's kind of what I saw there. Grandpa's a shoemaker, which, you know, historically is kind of seen as very much a working-class job. Um, Dad being a risk-taker, I guess, to me, I guess that kind of evokes some sort of, like, corporate, like, Maybe not like a finance job, but like a business kind of job, you know, where you gotta gotta cut some deals, that sort of thing. And then we have his kid who's hanging out, greatest hits, two thousand six, making a list. Um, and if you look at the list on the uh, music video, it's some fun things. Did you get a look at this? Yes. Okay. So where, the list is. What's ahead. that? Go ahead. So the list is, and some of these are marked as completed. Some are marked as incomplete. Um, learn french is completed shoot pigeon is not completed take ray bowling is completed steal gold and prepare supper are both incomplete but prepare supper is actually crossed out that was kind of cool um write novel and cancel friday are both incomplete um, kind of taking a stab, sounds like Vampire Weekend is anti-cancel culture in uh, the early early 2010s, <laughs> not wanting to cancel Friday. Uh, but Call Louise is complete, so happy that Louise got a call. Um, which one is your favorite of those?
0: Um, I would say it's got to be Shoot Pigeon.
1: I was going to say Shoot Pigeon gives me a very, like, um, like Hawk Finn kind of vibe you know what i mean
2: Mm-hmm.
1: old america kind of thing that's fun um i thought it was interesting that prepare supper was straight up crossed out like it's not even for consideration anymore
0: yeah it, it definitely is interesting but i read somewhere and i'm trying to find it now but i had read somewhere it was a reference to a wes anderson list oh please
1: i mean well it's funny because I was talking with somebody the other day about Fantastic Mr. Fox, and for whatever reason, Shoot Pigeon makes me think of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, I feel like it's all the same cinematic universe at this point.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, I can't find where I read that, but it definitely was a reference to a list shown in a Wes Anderson movie.
1: I can feel, I mean, I can... Oh, here we, we can go. take this to be something it's, for a Wes Anderson movie, in, regardless of whether or not it was,
0: actually. <laughs> it's Indignant's notebook and Wes Anderson's Bottle Rocket.
1: Oh, okay. I have actually I have not seen Bottle Rocket.
0: Um, it's different things though. It's it's not the same list, it's just the way it's written.
1: The yeah. idea. Okay. Yeah.
0: I uh, actually looking on it now, I think it's a stretch. Okay, okay genius.com. You think I
1: you I I want that connection to be real though. Because it just reaffirms all our real. previous thoughts, you know. I
0: mean, there's no way they aren't Wes Anderson fans. Absolutely, no, we no talked way. about this. Yeah,
1: I mean, the like the ninety ninety six point Futura, um, the uh, Oxford comma music video. I mean, mm-hmm. it's there. It's absolutely there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It this I think this song can be viewed in a general lens, like you just said, but it also can be specifically applied to Ezra because dad was a risk taker his dad um was a movie set designer um and then his grandpa was working class and then you greatest hits 2006 little list maker vampire weekend's first album came out in 2006 and so a punk was all over the greatest hits 2006 was
1: it 06? i thought it was I thought it was 08 for some reason
0: um that's a good question. Anyway, it's
1: same same general idea. The the, the 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 seminal moments of the band are happening in in and around that time. Mm-hmm. Also, two thousand six sounds
0: a little better than two thousand seven
1: would be in that like rhythmic fashion.
0: Um. Yeah, it was two thousand eight. Interesting. I thought I had read somewhere, but anyway. Um. Yeah, I think this can be applied directly to. Ezra specifically Um, because the next line heard codes and the melodies you heeded the call oh you were born with 10 fingers and you're going to use them all I I think this is a reference to going into music hearing the call um, when you're listening to these songs hearing the codes and analyzing and falling in love with the music and doing it yourself you were born with 10 fingers you're going to use them all you need 10 fingers, really, to play guitar and play piano.
1: So it's funny you mentioned that. Jerry Garcia is missing his middle finger on his right hand.
2: Okay.
0: And this has
1: actually been talked about on, on Time Crisis before. Um, so, I mean, obviously, this is a little bit different. But, I mean, it's just kind of a funny thing. He lost, I think, the first two knuckles of his right middle finger hmm. in... Like a like a farm accident when he was like a kid. But yes, in this you for most people who aren't the greatest guitarist of all time, <laughs> you typically need ten fingers to play the guitar. Kevin or it helps at least. Deadhead. confirmed deadhead. Sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of what I thought too. Um almost certainly unrelated, but when I first heard heard codes in the melody i thought of the paul is dead kind of thing that's probably not it i had to guess
0: (laughs) maybe maybe a secondary (laughs) meaning there
1: yeah but it, it, it seems like this second little stanza here is just kind of reaffirming the same thing and i think it's an interesting take that it's about getting into music which a lot of the time in the modern day people always like to joke about how when you open up the wikipedia page for an indie band and you see that the parents of the artist have hyperlinks to their names it kind of makes you feel different i don't really feel that way but i think some people like to like to make that joke um and there is some sense to it where it's like if i've got a good life i don't have to work a second job i've got money to buy a guitar like it's just it's easier it's a lot easier yeah like bruce bruce springsteen has talked about how all his music is about like factory workers and like people like trying to cut it for a living he's like he admits that he's never worked a day in his life.
2: He made it. He said he made it all
1: up, you know. <laughs> and he wasn't privileged, but he's like, I started playing guitar when I was young and I got good at it when I was young. So all this stuff is made up. <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if, if you're good or you're privileged, you can kind of get away with not having to do the grittier stuff.
0: True. That's very true. So. Verse two, interest in colors. I discovered myself. If your art life is gritty, you'll be toasting my health. If an interest in culture should be lining the walls, when your birthright is interest, you could just accrue it all. That final line is fantastic.
1: Yes, that's that's incredible.
0: But and there... also, I mean,
1: I and also the the combination of an interest in culture and then interest uh...
2: being monetary. Wow. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming
1: interest in culture should be lying in the wall it means you have some sort of exotic art or something up on your up on your house or something like that. When your birthright is interest, that's incredible.
0: Yeah. That's a phenomenal line. <laughs> yeah, and he's in the music video. This is all while he's wearing like a tuxedo suit with jeans.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is yeah. a great look. I think we need to do that more.
0: Suit, suit coats and jeans. Bold. <laughs> What, what do you
1: picture. take it what, what do you take of interesting colors I discovered myself? If your uh, art life is gritty, you'll be toasting my health. That's that one I couldn't really make sense of. I yet.
0: viewed it as a kind of satirical over exaggeration of kind of what he's done. Oh, it's yeah, it's a criticism. It's making fun of the criticisms of the empire weekend's first album saying how they co-opted this sound that was from africana pop and such um and acted like it was their own which in reality i don't think they ever acted like it was their own they just enjoyed that sound and so they they used it right Mm -hmm. but this is from the critics perspective criticizing uh as wrote to satirical extremes because you have greatest hits 2006 Little List Maker and then interesting colors I discovered myself. So he's saying, like, oh, I discovered the sound. Like, because it's brought to the extreme of how bold do you have to be to say, I discovered a color? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the age old question think of a color that doesn't exist. You, you can't, can't do it, it's impossible. And so it's just this bold statement of, oh, yeah, I discovered a color. That's how, how talented and artistic I am. In reality, it's like, no, nobody's discovering colors. Everyone's adapting the sound to their own music. There's never a creation of a fully new color or soundscape in, this, uh, mm-hmm. in music's case. I like
1: that. I like that. I think it makes a lot of sense here. And
0: then if your art life is gritty, you'll be toasting my health. Yeah, I don't really know that one.
1: I'm trying to think about what a gritty art life would be. Um, like a starving artist kind of thing. Um, but then I have a hard time seeing why that individual would be toasting somebody else's health.
0: Maybe because they made it.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, it's like, like you who's working on it, like keep trying kid. Like, I guess so. And you're looking up to them. That's a good point. Okay. I can take that. And then of course we have the, um, well, I guess anything else there. Mm, Okay. Then we have the, the great, the great chorus, me and my cousins and you and your cousins. It's a line that's always running me and my cousins and you and your cousins. I can feel it coming. Um, obviously that last line there, a direct reference to The weekend's hit song, I Feel It Coming. Um,
0: we can tell but I think future. in a much
1: more general sense, we're probably talking about how family generational wealth, you know, if you have the mm-hmm. the rich grandfather, the rich uncle, I mean, it's going to be you and your cousins that are likely all the way up, like well off.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just always running down the line of the family tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a line that's always running. Yep, exactly. And beautiful. in the music video, it's mirrored in the sense that At that point, the same thing is repeated over and over again, where the cart is going backwards. um, And with each line resets, it it resets at the start and keeps going over Mm -hmm. and over again. Mm -hmm. For me and my cousins reset, you and your cousins reset. It's a line that's always running, reset. Um, And so I think that's just showing that no matter what you do, you're always going to have that privilege from the previous generations, unless, like we said prior, they cut you off. Mm-hmm. You have a really good safety net, basically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, I think that definitely supports the meaning of the first few verses, um, talking about just the inevitability of inheritance and privilege um and kind of it's there are other songs where they deal with the question of what do you do once you have that privilege but i think this song is more just a satire on what are you criticizing us for if we haven't even done anything yet with that yes if
1: i'm admitting my own faults we shouldn't spend time talking about it you know what i mean like let's
0: let's let's work towards a solution you know yeah that being said i don't I couldn't see them releasing a song like this now, but it definitely Oh, fits. yeah, I don't, I don't think it would like play. Like an album, Vampire Weekend. It wouldn't, yes. I,
1: I I. think people would, you're right, it wouldn't play today. Like, but then again, 10 years ago, I don't, this is definitely not a new idea. Um, no. I mean, but the idea of someone attempting this in a greater public sphere is a little newer, you know?
0: Yeah. Definitely. It's not like
1: Rich Man, which is like we've we've talked about Rich Man. Um, but that's kind of more the song you would have expected them
0: to release today. You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah, their views have definitely changed over time as any or at least evolved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, then we of course have the next verse, which is just you can turn your back on the bitter world, which I took to just mean if you're in this position of privilege, you like pretty much do not have to worry about the cares of others and you are able to view the world through a more compassionate lens because it's just a lot easier to do so and things Mm. have gone well for you.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple meanings that could be there, that for sure. But also you can turn your back on these critics who are so bitter with your success.
1: That's a good point.
0: But additionally, it could be in the, I don't think it is, but it could be in the rich man type lens where it's, oh, you could turn your back and just not help anyone
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> with yeah. the privilege that you've acquired. Um, it's like, who cares about the bitter world? Just go have fun. It's true.
1: And it's tempting. I mean, it's absolutely t- t- a tempting prospect, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's also a lot of people that are not doing so hot. So. Yeah,
0: I don't think it's that. If it was on Father of the Bride, I would. But Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't believe it is, is that primary meaning. But um, it could be there. But yeah, it's overall, it's a very, very unique song. And um, there's a lot more to it than I initially thought.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, I, we've, we've talked about the band's influences before. And I think of early post-punk if you think of like punk rock as like the sex pistols a la like i hate cops i hate women this is that's like pure punk rock and then if you think of say an elvis costello where it's like we're taking that punk energy but we're using it to talk about first world problems this is very much a continuation of that energy because it's this frenetic high-paced like high energy thing but you're talking about first world problems it's Mm -hmm. it's really interesting i think it's really well done
0: Yeah, I think Elvis Costello is a pretty apt comparison for this song. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, let's dive into the real meat and potatoes with the music video. So much fun.
1: Um, I guess the first thing I noticed on this watch through of it um, is that big symbol in the back of the alley. Mm -hmm. What's going on there?
0: It's a target, right?
1: I mean, it's it's shaped like a target, but it's not traditional target colors. It's like blue and purple, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yep. And so, I mean, i I would view it as kind of there's a target on their head because they're going backwards approaching the target.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: But it also I- I can think just that. be in the alleyway they filmed it in. There it was some street art going on and they just liked it. <laughs> it looks cool.
1: Like when you get the single cover and it's the, it's the confetti and there's the target in the back and they're all just mm-hmm. like hanging out there. Yeah. It looks very cool. <laughs> looks very cool.
0: Um, but yeah, that moving track is such a cool, cool thing. And I've never seen something like that used before in a music video. So very unique. And I think I mentioned it to you. Like this was probably pretty low
1: budget. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, the track was probably a little bit the setup. The confetti. I mean, you probably only had a, a few takes of that. But other than that, there's not much. Go- they brought their own stuff. They brought their instruments. They brought a couple outfits to change into, and they I just mean, needed a couple hours in an alley, probably.
0: It's low enough budget that it started raining midway, and they No seriously. Yeah. Did you? <laughs>
1: I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, at the about a minute twenty mark. just starts raining and like it never stops the rest of the way
1: i guess i was just so focused on looking at the characters the characters the (laughs) band members that i didn't even notice
0: Yeah, but wow cool yeah i mean the sky turns darker so i think they just filmed it across one day and it started raining and they're just like let's just keep going (laughs) um yeah so what's what what is your favorite skit from the music video because I feel like there's a lot of kind of skits going on.
1: The list was very cool. I, I really liked when they had the box that was the snare drum and then Ezra broke the twig and then they popped into <laughs> drumsticks. That was probably my favorite.
0: Yeah. I really liked the Steve jobs turtleneck and them turning around and it's oh, the other yeah. person's that, face. That was and really transitioning cool. to the other person.
1: The turtleneck. You don't see people wearing turtlenecks much anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean it's the first time I've seen Chris Thompson. He's not singing, but he's lip syncing.
1: Like you're right, I've never so seen him move his lips before.
0: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely more natural for me to see. Definitely Rostam, but even Bayo, because both of them have solo acts. Mm. Um, but it was kind of kind of startling to see. <laughs> um. Well, I wanted to hear your thoughts on the gorilla arm that releases candy. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I kind of forgot. I don't
1: want to say I forgot about it, but you just describing it as such out loud. Um, <laughs>
2: well,
1: I guess there's probably a sense where not everything in this music video has to be related. Um, but it sure looked cool. <laughs> i guess i didn't really have any deep thought on you that
0: one you think they just had a prop sitting around and they're like hey what
1: could we do with this yeah
0: <laughs> i mean the only thing i could think of is like from everywhere comes forth privilege from him just like even his arm withdraws He's just oozing candy. it yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool shot i also like how in the song At one point, there's like a "Hey," just like casually in the background by someone. Mm -hmm. And at that point in the music video, Rostam walks by the cart where Ezra is singing, and just goes, "Hey." (laughs) (laughs) So there's, there's a lot of dedication to detail in this music video.
1: It it almost, if you didn't know any better, it almost seems like these guys were having fun.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if we don't know any better. I Does Rostam usually use that guitar? No, so what I was saying earlier is when they perform
1: this song live, he has this, I don't know if it's a Jaguar, but it's a Fender. I know they both have those Epiphones and I've seen in some of his solo work that he's used that Epiphone before, but it might've just been one of those deals that from a standpoint, um, Rostam just borrowed... Ezra's because I I think Ezra has multiple those Epiphone Mm Sheraton's um but yeah like I said like on the letter performance and then um also when they did Diane Young on SNL he uses his his, his Fender which like I said is kind of more of a like a like a like a raunchier like surf rock kind of sound
0: yeah yeah I mean he just looks very uncomfortable playing. He does
1: look very uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely in the Dick Dale sense, so I think yeah, some of it's purposeful. But also, his hands just don't seem large enough for this guitar. Him,
1: no, absolutely not, because it's this big ass thing. And then him wearing the suit jacket, it just looked like he looked like a kid at like a wedding that didn't want to be there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Um yeah final final thoughts this is a great song i think this
1: is actually has top five potential this wow is fantastic. okay yeah
0: okay uh can't say the same for me but I, I do really enjoy it um and the music video is definitely top five mm-hmm. um so favorite lyric
1: oh shoot there's um your you greatest hits 2006 little list maker
0: it's unfair. Why did I ask you? I should have just... Ah.
1: It's
0: unfair. When you really want it, you go ahead of me. I've <laughs> seen forgot. that before. I forgot. Uh, when your birthright is interest, you could just accrue it all.
1: That that might actually be the best line. Yeah. Hmm. Want to switch? <laughs> no, maybe. Give me a week to think about it. Top five. Let's go um, Stranger. Let's go this life um white sky ladies of cambridge cousins
0: white sky interesting wow yeah i really i really like that track and then
1: i since since you and i recorded that episode i did watch when harry met sally um and then somebody in i think you liked this tweet somebody in the notre dame twitter cinematic universe tweeted that like deleting all my dating apps because i want to meet some of the old-fashioned way and then
2: basically describe the plot to what Harry met Sally that was so good (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) Harry met Sally good movie confirmed
1: incredible movie (laughs)
0: um so I will go spring snow um flower moon we belong together oxford comma and um We'll go unbearably white.
2: That's
1: uh, it's a lot of Father the Bride there for you.
0: It is a lot of Father the Bride. Yeah,
1: pretty heady. Nice.
0: Yeah. Um, and then our hat for the week. I'm away. wearing
1: a Chicago White Sox hat. Um, I believe they are still the number one team in the American League. Um, I went to a White Sox game last weekend. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so support your local businesses guys because they really need it out there
0: <laughs> I hope the MLB really needs them <laughs> Um so the song for next week will be I Stand Corrected nice okay so tune in next week for I Stand Corrected off of Vampire Weekend's first album
2: take it easy folks